You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List Online, and my name is Andrew Mackay-Smith. Thanks for tuning in. The interview subject is one of the most influential guitarists of all time, Michael Schenker. It's my third or fourth chat with the great man, and the reason this time around is a new album for 2021 titled Immortal. So let's hear what he has to say. Here we go. Hello, Michael. It's Andrew Mackay-Smith calling for our chat. How are you? Hi. Considering the circumstances, okay. What's happened? Well, the virus. Oh, the virus. <laughs> oh, gosh. Gosh, we've been living with it for so long now, I thought it was old news. But no, you are right. You were, you were dead on point. And it's, uh, I was a part of your listening party a couple of months back. And the only disappointing thing about that was that I couldn't look forward to watching you play that's the songs on the new album, Immortal, live. Because I love that listening party, by the way. That'll be my first point. I love the way you did that. Ah, so oh, you weren't part of the, of the, of the um, whatever you call it, Zoom, Zoom thing, right? I was a part of the Zoom thing, yes. Yes, I asked you a question then. We've had a couple of conversations over the years, but uh, I appreciate oh, you it. You, you, yeah. Oh, you were actually there? Yes. Ah, oh, okay, great. Yeah. So I've I've list, So I I only got Immortal to play this morning. You know, not a streamed copy, but of course I had a good listen to it when you had the listening party on. And and I I love your work, Michael. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take your mind back. Last time we had a conversation, proper one like this one, I rather enthusiastically implored you to understand that without you most heavy metal after you doesn't happen. And I'm talking about death metal and black metal and thrash metal, the type of metal that I didn't think you'd thought that you'd influence, but you have. And guess what? I'm writing a book about you now. You're in my book. Wow. Thank you. So I, I think your, your playing and your contribution has been so important. And there is, they're just... So many great guitarists cite you as an influence, and particularly in the world of death metal. And uh, I, I implored you to understand that last time we had a chat. And I think you know that now because I think I made my point very strongly last time. But have, have you had any more time to think about the point that I made when we last had a chat? Can, yeah, can actually, you... I, I, I actually remember the conversation, especially when you said what you just said about the, the other metals. Hmm. And... Uh, you know, I actually um, told other interviewers, you know, that because Marco Steiger from mm. Nuclear Blast, uh, the boss, you know, the one that created Nuclear Blast, yep. um, he said he said something very similar. He said, Michael, I mean, he is a fan. And uh, he said, Michael, if you wouldn't have been... Um, he wouldn't have been a nuclear blast wouldn't have been and well, so it kind of it and, and because he became a trash metal musician um before he even started the company and then he decided that maybe um you know it, it he wasn't good enough for that but for the you know for actually being a musician but hmm. but then he decided to 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 you know, create nuclear blast, which was, which was about thirty years ago. But uh, it's it's a very interesting that he actually said 
uh, you know, basically what you are saying. Yeah, well, I, I actually think that yourself, Richie Blackmore and Trey from Morbid Angel are the three most important guitarists still alive. So, of course, we've lost Van Halen. We lost Jimi Hendrix many years ago. And I'd probably put Brian May in the mix as well, of course. I think you'd have to include Brian May. But you understand where I'm coming from. Like, my whole point with you, and I think you understand it now, is that, like, without you, metal doesn't sound the way it does now. So it might metal might have evolved, but only because of your the great work that you did with UFO, Scorpions, and, of course, Michael Schenker Group, which influenced. And this was the key point that I made last time. Dave Mustaine and James Hetfield, they, were, they are still huge fans of yours. And we know that they were huge fans of yours back when they were a garage band because they were wearing your T-shirt. So that's how important you are. And, 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 I never, and one of the reasons I wanted to write the book and have you as an entry in my book, because it's a book about my podcast, but you're a significant entry. And I've got Robin in there as well. And uh, Grant Graham, your other singer, because uh, I've spoken to all of these people, um, is that you, you don't get the credit you deserve. And I'm trying to change that in my own way. Well, you know, I'm the kid in a sandbox, um, always have been, and never looked for, you know, I, I was never interested in competition, mm. um, being famous, successful, having all the girls chasing me or whatever, you know, it, it, it like 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 what happened in the eighties, and mm. and the eighties are actually uh, watered down seventies, uh, sixties um, maybe, and uh, and they they it, it just they just commercialized the seventies and the sixties, and you know one bass drum, one snare drum. You know the the, the mainstream, um, 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 you know, um, musicians from the eighties that sure. became the very, very yeah. Um, yeah, that and and they became and they actually are the ones that that made millions, you know, with with a uh, with a commercializing, um, uh, mm. and then and then actually the whole eighties was based on on commercial rock music um watered down and make it more accessible for the at that point um you know the normal listener um that you know that, i mean you know the, the, don't like what you mentioned you know the, that that trash metal and all death mm. metal it's it's very extreme you know and it it does not suit everybody but you know, there are some people who picked up on um, and taking things further, and and uh, you know that that's what happened, and uh, and that's how 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 you know some people who who thought there was more to music than just the commercial watered down seventies, mm. you know, took it the next level. And uh, but I don't listen to music so uh, for fifty years, so I don't really know what trash metal. Well, yeah. I have a little a little idea, uh, you know, what it all really means, uh, what they do, and, and 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 what it means to them. And and uh, it's not the world that that I am, you know, uh, used to uh, and never actually heard really. 
so so I can't really but but I understand that something happened that uh, made people become very creative uh, in their own yes. ways uh, yeah. you know at based on on what happened before yeah Michael I'm glad you see that now because I, I was I was concerned that you didn't see that how much you'd influenced death and black metal because they're incredibly they're underground musical styles but they're incredibly important from the perspective that they take heavy metal forward because new sounds are emanating from this and and as i say if it wasn't for you a lot of these new sounds wouldn't be possible and i remember speaking never forget talking to ralph santola I don't know, you. do you know who Ralph Santola was? He's passed away now, unfortunately, but he was in Death, Obituary and Deicide. Yeah, I, I, I really don't, I really don't know what's out there. You know, mm. I never knew that Ralph Shippers existed until, <laughs> until my partner suggested, hey, why don't you try Ralph Shippers, you know? And, yeah. and I... When I heard his voice, I was blown away. Yeah, fair enough. I, I guess my point is that I've spoken to these people personally. Like, I do this. This is what I do. I interview musicians. And I've spoken to people about you. And and you're a lot of the people who truly adore the work that you've done over the years do come from extremely heavy heavy metal bands, like death and black metal, as I've already said a few times. And, and I just find that interesting that, Van Halen influenced a lot of other rock guys and some mainstream metal guys. I think Hendrix influenced everybody. But in terms of the guitar virtuosos, you're the guy that influenced extreme metal. And that's uh, uh, my passion is extreme metal. I, I look like a normal person, like I could look like an accountant or a banker. But when I talk about some <laughs> of the things that I'm most passionate about, I'm 42 years old and a dad as well. You know, I've got mor a mortgage. So, you know, I look normal. In other words, I look like a participating member of society. But my point is that, is that extreme metal is my hobby and my passion. And I like joining all of these dots and I like having conversations with the musicians. And I know for a fact your name comes up a lot. And, and it, it's very interesting for me in that because that's one of the things that I will, I'm trying to get to people out there with the book is that without you, a lot of this doesn't happen. You're incredibly important. Your music doesn't sound like this stuff, but for whatever reason, these people are incredibly inspired by you. You know, And, and I think it does come back down to Dave Mustaine and, and James Hetfield wearing your T-shirt and talking about how much of an influence you were back in the day. I, I, so I'll ask this question. I might have asked it last time, but have you had conversations with Kirk Hammett and James Hetfield? And have they told you how much they love your music? <laughs> you know, I mean, I never knew any of that because like I said, <laughs> I'm the kid in the sandbox. I, I don't research. I go, I go forward. I don't, you know, expect anything. Uh, as an outcome of what I do. But if something comes out and people love what I do, it's a, it's an icing, you know, on the cake. Mm. And uh, so everything took me for a long, long time before uh, I actually was able to, to open up to hear uh, comments about uh, what I did. And, uh, and, and and it kind of started more in the in the nineties, etc. Mm. When I found out Def Leppard and and uh, you know all the other guys that you just mentioned, and then Peter Mensch told me, "Are you?" I was living with Peter Mensch for two years, and 
um, after Love Drive, and uh, uh, he, 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 you know, is the manager of Metallica, and and he told me that that Kirk Hammett is a I'm I'm his father Christmas, you know. <laughs> so yeah. It, yeah, that's right. It's yeah. kind of amazing, and 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 I had to feel the same thing, you know. I mean, he came to one of our shows, like you said, wearing an MSG T-shirt, and mm-hmm. um, um, I think Robin was singing at the time. Uh, um, it wasn't the '90s. It was actually when when I did an album, my first Ten to Award album with. Michael Foss actually singing most of the songs, and uh, he, he, and and then I did a tour, and Michael Foss wasn't available, so I, I I asked Robin if he can help me out for the American tour, and that's when you know James came to our show, and uh, and it's funny that both guys and and we actually ended up you know uh, um, Kirk. You know, after he did, um, um, you know, some like a jam with me on on the resurrection, he mm-hmm. actually showed up uh, somewhere in America and and jammed with us. A natural thing, you know. And and of course, we did the the um, um, the metal show, um, you know, yeah. and uh, together. And and so, I I you know I like I said, it's it's everything that's coming, really to the foreground as I get older and um, especially now as I approach 50 years you know I start realizing putting all the pieces together um, like what you said you know it's mm-hmm. it's uh, something that I never focused on um, I, I was never really expecting that anybody you know would you know it's it's what i personally believe it's the confidence in yourself Mm. and uh, getting um it out of your inner self like from the spring of the infinite um the the well of the infinite um, creativity you know that has created everything so like people being individuals and that's what I admire when you say what you say, that mm-hmm. actually going the extra mile to push it even further. And and that is important because, I mean, that is how everything um, uh, moves forward, you know. And because a sure. trend like the 80s, without any freshness um, being injected, would have been dead long time ago, and uh, and so the normal metal music or the, the normal rock music, like we know it from the eighties, actually was able to continue much longer than um, than it would have been possible because you know it's like a it, it becomes stagnant uh, if 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 everybody always just draws from a trend. It, it will die at some point. There's yes. nothing left. Everybody has heard everything, and there's nothing, nothing, nothing new. I'm done with it, you know. Yeah. But because there's some people on this planet who have injected freshness that come from the individual person who has the confidence to open up and let the world see new colors, and you know, you have to have. 
You have to believe in yourself when you hear in your head and who you are. Um, it's important to you. And if it's important to you, it will eventually be important to somebody else. And that's how you transfer that next step, like trash metal, et cetera, mm-hmm. to, to, you know, to open up a new world for a new generation. Yeah, originals are inspired by originals. And you said something to me in one of our conversations, and you provided a lot of insight with this here, which probably answers a lot of people's questions about why potentially you aren't more well-known than what you are. And you said to me that when you wrote Lights Out, which is way back in 1976, so what's that, 44 years ago, and it was a success in the United States, that surprised you, and, and, it, and it, it shocked you a bit. And you actually told me that you ran away because the pressure of success was too much because you, you thought, and here's the key word here, the fun was over. That's the key word because for you, I get it. It's got to be fun. It's got to be exhilarating and it's got to be exciting because you yeah. felt there, there was an expectation that you were meant to continue to write hits. So what, why do you think? I, yeah, you, you, you go. Yeah, exactly. Carry on. Oh, I was just thinking, so you, you are one of the originals as I've pointed out. But if you had your time over again, do you think you'd change anything in terms of would you actually, knowing what you know now about the music business and how brutal it is, and, you know, you were a very young guy back then, so you weren't to know, you knew, you actually did know how difficult it was, but you didn't know that there might have been a way to potentially navigate through it and write some hits, but at the same time stick to this true Michael Schenker genius that you've got within you. So if you had your time over again, do you think you'd write some hits and just sort of you know, stand up for yourself in that paradigm and tell the managers and the, excuse my language here, tell the managers and the labels to fuck off because you're a unique individual and you've got to mine your own identity? You know, none of these things um, I actually never really focus too much on, um, actually don't. Um, it, it, it What makes me a little sad is that the promoters and the agents in those days when mm. I did lights out and run away, etc., and uh, I ran away from Scorpions, I ran away from you, <laughs> I, mm. I, I ran away from Ozzy Osbourne and, and Be Purple and everybody, um, because of I, I, all I'm interested in is pure self-expression, period. Mm. That's it, you know? And so I know that there is... Uh, weird stuff going on in the world, you know, but why should I focus on that? It, I, I have a much better world than, than, you know, good and bad happens, you know, parallel to each other. And uh, um, creativity or, or um, people who just pose and go for the, for the fame, you know, all of this co-exists. That's, that's a duality. That's the polarity. The world is built you know, making choices, you know, this way or that way, and and uh, yes or no, you know, we always have to make a decision. Even inside ourselves, we have a conversation where we have to decide, um, you know, that there's always like some kind of a conversation going on between something and something that, that is in yourself, in myself, and uh, but 
the main thing is that, you know, I know that uh, I have Rudolf, my brother, as an example. He had mm. no confidence in his uh, being. So that's why he imitated me. And uh, he, he didn't trust his own judgment of, of being himself. So he had to be somebody else. And his brother, of course, was his closest. Um, you know, I mean, I, I was always there. And, uh, and he always told me what a great guitarist I am. And I said, shut up. I don't want to hear this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was kind of weird. But mm. Rudolf wanted fame so badly. And, uh, and so, so um, he knew. And, and, and my point is that many people got very angry with me because um, they thought for some reason that maybe I wanted everything for myself. But there was nothing I wanted. That is the point. And they cannot understand that there is a, somebody who actually doesn't expect anything. You know, because they live in their world and, and they are their own souls and human beings and individuals. And most people are stereotyped and expect and, and want fame and money and all of the rest. But there is uh, not that many people who don't, you know. And, and so, so, in a way, I personally go like, well, anyway, I... I, I, I I have made a lot of enemies in the business world. Okay. That, that is my point, you know, because they wanted to do business with me, like, you know, like lights out. And mm -hmm. they knew that I was a, a, a talent that they could have made a lot of money with. Yes. And like I said, if I would have, if I would have stayed with UFO, it would have been one of the biggest bands in the world, you know, but it, uh, my own vision was more important. And uh, it pisses, it pissed many people off, you know, uh, the business people. And uh, especially also there are lots of business people uh, in uh, as musicians. I call it like, um, you know, like a, a wolf in, in sheep's clothing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, they pretend they have a lot of charm. They know how to attract people. But really, they are a wolf, you know, that they, they want it all. And uh, I am just simply not part of that kind of mentality. Uh, it's not me. I mean, even if I wanted to be, I, I can't be like that. And, uh, and so, you know, I, I, I am, you know, not from that world. And, and if you're not from that world that most people are, and... Uh, they realize that you have something that can make them rich and, and happening and you are not going with them. Yeah. Sometimes they shoot. Sometimes they shoot people. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes they get rid of them. Ah, screw you, asshole. <laughs> yeah. In the music business, certainly in the 70s and 80s. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Uh, you mentioned your brother. and I'm going to bring up your brother because I did have a chat to him probably about two years ago or so when Scorpions toured Australia. And, and I did ask him about you, I've got to be honest. I did go there because I think you, you're both extraordinarily gifted guitarists. But I mean, at the end of the day, I've said what I've said about you. You're, you're, you're the genius in the family, clearly. But he, had, he was pretty complimentary toward you to me. Now, I know there's some stuff out there that, that, that you've taken um, 
to heart that he said about you in in the in the media and the press there. But what he said to me was that, and I quote: "The situation between me and my brother is from my side very well, but my brother, the problem is that he doesn't know anything about the business side." Um, so. What he said, though, is that he doesn't read anything that's in the media because he doesn't have time to read it because he doesn't even care because he was there and he knows how, how things went. And my, my question for you is, after all of that, it, it look, God knows my family's pretty fractured too, but between you two, do you think there's ever a possibility that you'll sort of, you know, mend old wounds, so to speak, and there's a possibility that... Because you, you know that fans want to see the both of you guys on stage again. It's very simple. I love Rudolf as a brother, but social distance is needed. Hmm. So don't, so I don't get tricked into any further inconvenient situations. And that's what he always did uh, because he needed me to go to where he wanted to go to. And so my brother is also seven years older and he is a bully. So Rudolf, Rudolf being a bully, I don't connect with bullies. It creates turbulence. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it, it's, it's inconvenient for me, you know, convenient for him because he is actually a, a wolf in sheep's clothing. I mean, honestly, he is. There's mm-hmm. no doubt about it. He has a lot of charm. He has a lot of tricks up his sleeve. And he copied my image to distort my image and try to make it his own. And it's not fair, not right. And not knowing about the music business, yes, I do. I know about the music business and I know where the money is. Rudolf is wrong about his little brother. He knows exactly what the music business is because I lived with Peter Mensch for two years. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know, you know, but what Rudolf doesn't understand is I am not interested. That's the point. Yeah, gotcha. Yep. Yep. And fair enough, mate. Fair enough. And look, look, I, I will take it into some positive territory. I, I don't know whether you know this, but Steve Harris, of course, who's you know, a legend on the bass guitar, Iron Maiden. Apparently his favourite song is Love to Love, which you wrote. Did you know that? Say again? Steve Harris from Iron Maiden. Apparently his favourite song yeah. is Love to Love, and you wrote that song. Yeah, it's one of my favourites too. Isn't that interesting though, just to book in the point, so Iron Maiden don't sound anything like a lot of the music that you've done, but... You've got you've got James Hetfield wearing your t-shirts, and you've got Kirk Hammett talking about you being Father Christmas, and then you've got Steve Harris talking about you writing his favourite song. So it proves the point, doesn't it? That from a creative and an artistic perspective, from from a heavy metal perspective, I, honestly, I, I think yourself and Trey from Morbid Angel, I think that's it. You know, you know, you understand my point. Like I just discovered this fact only recently, but I think. And I know we've talked about it at length, but you know I understand there's issues here with your brother, and 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 they, they sounds like they won't ever actually be re- resolved. But from an artistic and a creative point of view, all else aside, I mean, 
it's just a, it's just an, you've just had such an incredible contribution to heavy metal and to rock music over the years and um i'm sort of making a point that i've already made but i, I just hope people sort of see that with you that's all and because what I want to do, Michael, and I'm going to pitch this now, is I want to write your book. I want to write your biography. I want to ghostwrite it. Because I think you do have an extraordinary story. And all of these people are coming out of the woodwork and saying how influential and important you are. And I think the story even that you've got with your brother there, a lot of people can relate to that. Because there are a lot of a lot of family breakups in the world, a lot of splits because of whether it be business or personality clashes or whatever it might be. But yours has been played out in, the, in a fairly public manner, if you don't mind me saying. And I think people are very curious about this sort of stuff. So are you, are you interested in having a book written about yourself, but ghostwritten? So what I mean by ghostwritten is you're effectively the writer because you'd be telling me what's going on and then I'd just translate what you're saying into words. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I, you know, it's like, it's like an icing on the cake. People write a book. Uh, about me and understand who I am, you know, it's mm. it's fantastic. And uh, I just have to tell that um, Rudolf believed in me so much mm. as an artist and knew, like you and others, then already, 40, 50 years ago, uh, who I was, but Rudolf wanted to be that. And he also is the older brother and he, I can understand his point. He always wanted to be the Elvis Presley, but I understand his point being the oldest, letting his mother down. As oh, okay. being also, yep. You understand also being the one that is the one, you know? And so, Rudolf was always very jealous that actually my mom, I was my mom's favorite, but my brother was the oldest and he had to prove that he was, you know, so everything I did, I did 10 years or 15 years before he even got there. So he had so much um, to learn from me um, but he actually has no musical talent. I mean, he learned everything from me. He learned how to write songs. He watched me. He studied me. He act, I was his teacher, but n not like on a, okay, let's go uh, in a room and, and, and teach. <laughs> you know, mm. he just observed everything I did and then made it his own. And, 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 and you know... <sighs> Later, when I in 2015, when I heard how much they lied about me in the in the middle years, you know, when I totally left the scene and I never ever researched what was said about me, I never knew anything. In fact, actually, I never read any credits. I never uh, I never read any any uh, interviews or anything because I I don't need to know what other people think about me because it, it's always a question of taste anyway. But, you know, I want to be myself. Uh, I don't want to be somebody else. I want to be myself. And if other people love it, on top of it, it's the icing on the cake. But if not, that's fine because I got my fulfillment. And, you know, that it's a misinterpretation. It's a mis what's it called? Misinterpretation sure. that 
I don't know about the music business. I do. I mm. do. How bloody, how bloody screwed up it is. But the point is, what Rudolf wants, that are his people. Those people are the ones, you know. And I tell you again, Rudolf is a wolf in sheep's clothing, period. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So that, I mean, that's that pretty much says that that moving forward, fans really, truly cannot expect any time soon that there's going to be a reunion on stage. Well, who, who am I supposed to reunion with? I don't want to open another can of worms with a, with people who have a complete wrong idea about who mm. I am. Yep. And. I am not chasing what they are chasing. Why should I be with them? How would you go with a mafia, for instance, if you are not a mafia person? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why would you? You know, oh, it's just, it's just from fans' go? perspective. Yeah, because fans don't understand this stuff. Yeah, and I understand. You, I, got... I understand. But yeah. the point is, does anybody? My fans are individuals. Okay, so they should ask themselves: Would they ever? go with a pack of something they're looking for that this individual is not interested in. Nobody actually does that. I mean, you do not. If you pick a girlfriend, do you pick a girlfriend that is going to kill you? No. You're going to pick a girlfriend that's going to love you. You know? And so we make choices I understand how much people love Eddie Van Halen. You know, he suggested to Rupert apparently, you know, why don't you go back together with your brother and stuff like that? It's yeah. impossible. You know, it's impossible because it's two different planets. And, uh, you know, and he's trying to eat me. You know, he has been trying to eat me all the way. He actually tried to dismiss, this, dismiss me completely so that people think that he is the one you know, that, that uh, you know, when I opened the doors for Love Drive for the Scorpions and, uh, and, and I was, um, you know, I was only hired for, I, I was only, uh, I made a contract with them for the Love Drive album. I was only asked to help them because Matthias couldn't. And mm-hmm. so they even left my picture out. I was the sixth member of that album. That's mm-hmm. a breach of contract. You know, and it starts right there. It, it, it actually starts much earlier when I, when I wrote uh, In Search of the Peace of Mind. It was my music. They credited themselves for it. You know, and Michael Foss was sending me the original credits for Lonesome Crow. It says Michael Schenker lyrics, Rudolf Schenker lyrics. We had zero knowledge about English. How could we have written any lyrics? A complete misinformation. And that was when I was 15 and they were already 21 and they wanted to get my piece of the pie or wanted to be part of, you know, my pie that I created because I wrote most of the music. And so that there was definitely a, 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 a manipulation involved uh, to put wrong uh, uh, informations on a, on a, on the first ever piece of music that I wrote by myself in my mother's kitchen, you know, in search of the peace of mind. Mm-hmm. And it should have said music written by Michael Schenker, uh, lyrics by whoever did. Rudolf always makes sure that it always says every album, 
music written by Rudolf Schenker. <laughs> he never, he mm. never, you know, he, he, he always makes sure that his name is there. So all I can say is Rudolf is on the wrong, on the wrong train. Um, I'm not interested in his journey and uh, it's not my journey. And I understand what you're saying, that people love, you know, brothers being together, you know, mm. like Eddie and, and, and his brother and stuff like that. Yep. But our situation is just too extreme. Look, I am a horse. He is a rat. That is polarity. It's, it's the opposite. Mm. Everything he does is what I don't do. And everything I do, I want to do is what he doesn't do. Mm. So it's a complete mismatch in any way. And if I would ever join Rudolf, ever, it would carry on right from the beginning. I would be put back into my place. He would play his charming games with me. Uh, he does it in a very funny way. People are enchanted by, by Rudolf's charm. But that's just about what he has. Charm and um, um, a creepy manipulation techniques, uh, which is, you know, and I'll tell you one thing. Mm -hmm. I am not bitter about it because it is not in my way. That is important to understand because Rudolf's want to be um, Elvis Presley or the Rolling Stones. Go for it. Okay. More power for you. You know, all my life I've supported Rudolf until I found out how much they lied about me and how angry they were about me and, 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 and how Rudolf was trying to distort me with, uh, you know, when I didn't make it to America with them. And that's when he got the idea to have the black and white guitar, um, 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 blonde hair and, uh, his name is Schenker. So, you know, I, some of my favorite musicians, I don't even know the names of, you know, from the past when I, when I grew up, you know, like I know the name, you know, like Johnny Winter or Roy Gellin. Yeah. I don't know what the names are of the other people. So Rudolf and I look, can look very similar, you know, and so people actually never expected. And actually many people were actually pissed off that I left UFO. And I think many people also said, like, screw Michael Schenker, and we give all the power to Rudolf. So I don't know what happened. I don't do research, but I have an intuitive understanding of what's going on. It, it sounds, though, that said, because of the strength of Immortal, because it's a brilliant album, you've done exceptionally well here with everybody that you've bought in. It sounds like I, I understand where you're coming from. You aren't bitter about it. You just want to talk about it. But it sounds like as though you're having a great time these days. Probably the maybe I've been following your career for about 20 years or so. And I think I, I don't think you've ever sounded better than you have right now. And I think that's because you're living in the moment. Do you think that's true? Well, the middle years was all about experimenting. You know, that's why I... That's why I left space for Rudolf to do whatever he wants. And so I never followed up of the, on, on lies or, or anything. You know, it, 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 I, was, I was focusing 
on experimenting and following my vision. Electric instrumental albums, acoustic instrumental albums, cover versions with all sorts of different people and stuff like that. I got it all out of my system. It had to be done regardless, my brother or not, or what he wants. Why should I follow a pack of people? I could have stayed with UFO. <laughs> I, would have, I would not have had to go back to the Scorpions. I only helped them. But they took advantage of it uh, over the years, which I found out in 2015. So, you know, like, again, it's like thy will be done and everything has to come, you know, everything has to come. What is the saying? Um, everything needs to happen. You know, yep. whatever the universe decides, everything needs to happen. And, uh, you know, we are only doing as individuals what we feel um, um, is, is, is what we want to do. And so it's a choice. And, uh, you know, and, and, and if people are more to the right or more to the left, you know, you have that in politicians, you know, I mean, <laughs> you can never oh, yeah. win. There's mm -hmm. always the new president has always got the opposite that tried to trash him. And then when he goes the other way around, it's the opposite again. You, you never know. You know, it, it's just simply people have to understand to just simply love and accept the other person's wish and vision and opinion. That it, that's all. I mean, I mean, not even opinion, but like to accept each other of who we are or want to be rather than forcing another person because it's a talent and uh, it can make that person who is looking for the being a Rolling Stone or being a Elvis Presley, but got let down by his little brother to fulfill his vision. <laughs> that is mm -hmm. his vision. He has to figure out how to do that. But unfortunately, he used me and, and basically trashed me by distorting my image, but telling everybody else he loves me. And, and that's his charm. It's, it's the wolf in, in sheep's clothing. It's not reality. It's not the truth. But the fact is, I am not bitter because I, am in a, I live in a spiritual world and, mm. and, and, and in, in, in a forgiving world. And I pray for Rudolf that he will at some point let go of this bullshit illusion that he is living. And he got addicted to that bullshit. And that worries me. And that's why I said in the beginning, I love my brother as a brother, you know, but I need social distance because the moment I'm together, the moment I speak to him, he already manipulates me. It's it, period. It, 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 that's the way it is. Yeah. So, why would anybody want to connect with a bully? You know, nobody connects with a bully. People run from a bully, period. Yeah, yeah, I'm hearing you. I'm hearing you loud and clear, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and it'd, it'd be tough I, for you. I, I have to, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, yeah. I'm sorry, but I have to go. Okay, Michael, good luck with the everything, next, mate, next, next time. Thank you very much, bye-bye. Thank you, brother, bye. You have been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List Online, and my name is Andrew Mackay-Smith. 
That interview subject was the very legendary Michael Schenker. Thanks for tuning in.